Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Blue Talks. Okay, so I think I was going to change my speech at the last minute only because it was hell to get here in two hours. It took me three hours on a two-hour trip. The roads were insane in rural Alberta. But I'm here, and I looked up at the universe, and I said, is this what you're giving me today? This is it? Just bad roads to get here? I can do this. I'm a hockey mom. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, Okay, what we're going to talk about is a little different, and some of you have heard it before, and that's okay because my friend Corey said, girl, you need to get up on your little soapbox, and you need this speech to be said many, many times. So anytime I question saying this same talk again, and more so because we've just come through COVID and mental health, mental health wellness, and rejuvenating ourselves and perseverance. Um, Never once in my lifetime did I think we would go through something like a pandemic in the world. And now, um, my heritage is Ukrainian, so I'm having a rough time the last couple weeks. And never did I think I would see something like I've seen. And so I thought to myself the other day, screw it, I'm changing my speech. And Corey's words came in the back of my head, and I'm like, okay, one more time, Corey, I'll do it for you. So my speech, my talk, is for the gentleman. Um, As um, in my bio stated, um, my childhood wasn't the greatest. Um, There's no memory wall for me. Um, I watched my dad be abused from his dad. I watched my dad abuse my brothers, and then seven years later when I came, abuse me. And I seen the abuse he did with my mom, and all three of those groups had different abuse. And one day after my second marriage ended in divorce, I stood up and I started crying, but not sad cries, happy, happy cries. And I said, holy crap, I got it. I got it. I know my purpose. How could this be my purpose? I never would have thought that this is it. And, you know, I thought, how am I going to do this? And I tried a few things, and I wasn't sure. And I'm like, are you you sure a chick should talk about guys? (laughs) Like, um, I know nothing about guys. Uh, what I do know is the effect of their actions, whether consciously or subconscious, 
I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. Did I choose to be a victim? No, but I was for a while until I had a thing called perspective. And I didn't know what perspective was. I was born and raised Ukrainian Catholic, so we went to mass that wasn't in English. So you sat there, yeah, okay, <laughs> listening to a guy that can never have sex, that can never be married, never have children. All right, <laughs> you know, what did you learn? And if I asked a question, oh my goodness, how dare you ask a question about what your religion is? Well, for one, you can't understand it because you don't speak the same language. Um, the other thing was, is how is a priest supposed to tell me how to be a wife, how to be a mother, when he has no lessons? The only lesson we have is that Mother Mary rode a horse or a donkey and had a baby in a stall. I require a little more information than that. <laughs> you know, really, right? So this talk is dedicated to the men in the audience, my dear friend, Corey, who's not even paying attention, <laughs> and to my brothers. And even though my dad and my grandpa were nothing I would ever want my children to meet, it's for them. Because now I get it. I got it. And if those two gentlemen came to my door and said, Kimmy, you know that stuff you do with your hands and your energy and how you heal people? We'd need some help. And I would say yes. Because consciousness is aware of everything and judging nothing. Without them, I can guarantee you, you would not be hearing this speech today. I would have no reference to this speech whatsoever. So, with that, how many people have sons, nephews, brothers, husbands, boyfriends? What? You're kidding. I know, it's something. So think of all of those people you have just in your life. Now think of the people on your street. Maybe there's a guy that lives by himself and he never comes out of his house only to shovel his walk. Or you don't know anything about him because he stays in his house. There's the little boys playing on the street, playing street hockey or soccer in the summer, or whatever, right? Okay, now let's think of something a little bit more. There is approximately in one day in our lives, every day, over 385,000 little baby boys born. Okay, that's, that's a whole lot of collective for these mothers at one day, right? Pushing. So think about this, and actually I'm gonna get everybody to close their eyes. Close your eyes, everybody close your eyes. Boys, don't cry. Are you a sissy? What's the matter with you? You act worse than your sister does. Open your eyes. Everybody take a collective sigh. <laughs> Has anybody heard that before in their lives? Oh, really? You have? Yeah. Yeah. So those 385 newborn baby boys today, that's 
That's their potential. That's what they're going to hear. Isn't that freaking sad? So that little baby boy that was born today is going to go for a walk on a sidewalk or a road or wherever. And that little baby boy is going to, or toddler, is going to trip over his shoe or the grass or whatever. And he's going to skin his knee. And it's going to sting like a bugger. And it's going to start to bleed. And he's going to be in shock. First of all, he's never seen blood come out of his appendage before. And he's got pain. And as he's trying to try and figure out what's going on, all this new stuff is coming. He gets yanked by the arm and goes, cry later, let's go, we have some place to be. So what's going on with him? Does he know what happened? Does he have an explanation? No, he doesn't. He knows that he cried and got in trouble for it. He knows that if you cry, there must be pain associated. And if there's pain associated, shut up. So this little boy suppresses this feeling and he, he, his heart gets a little dark. So the analogy I like is you take a spade and you throw it on his soul. So each time that happens to that boy, another spade of dirt gets thrown on. So every time in his life he's told to quit crying like a girl, boys don't cry, don't be a sissy. Every time in his life, this is what's happening. So it's kind of getting a little heavy on the one side by about the teenage years, you know? So then you have different relationships. And um, some of these young men have jobs, have girlfriends, they watch their dads, and their dads have been uh, raised in the boys don't cry movement. And so what kind of support are they getting on emotions? Not a heck of a lot, right? And what kind of dialogue do you think his parents are having? Not really good ones. So then, you want to think of that. So that little boy who skinned his knee and seen some blood and felt some pain has a teardrop. How, in, hmm, how unworthy of something so small, a teardrop, probably half the size of your fingernail. Not very big. Can't make a statement. It's just a teardrop. It's just water. But actually, in that teardrop starts the emotional awareness motherboard of data. So some of you are a little younger than me, so you won't get this analogy, but remember going to the library and going through the card catalog? Okay? <laughs> so that's what's up here for us as a reference. We're going through our card catalog. Okay, teardrop. Don't know what that was, so we'll file it here. Push it to the back, because we have no reference for it. We know that we were in trouble, and we know that we were shunned for it for some reason, so we can't figure it out. We'll just put that in the back, okay? We'll keep all the other stuff we know. Like when we touch something hot and it stings, that's danger, not fear. So we can decipher between those two, right? But that teardrop thing, that's gonna stay at the back, way at the back. So later on, this little boy, he doesn't know the difference between 
happy tears and sad tears. And how could there be a difference? Because his emotional awareness is not developing. It's been halted and it's been suppressed and stunned. So the natural ability and the natural way of doing things for a child to learn and be productive, to experience things has been halted. Right there, shut it down. So the natural response is to suppress. So we, we keep that index card in the back of the file because we we're not ever gonna need it. So then this little boy, he grows up and he doesn't know how to deal with things. You know, he's high school, he's got a first love, she walks all over his heart. Hmm. But then I cried, so I better put that tear card back at the very back. We're gonna keep it at the back. So then he doesn't know how feelings work. He has these feelings, he really liked her, and she walked all over his heart. Or he really liked her, but he didn't know the value of a relationship and that it's two-sided and that he actually hurt someone's feelings. So he doesn't even know to feel bad. He's kind of just numb, carrying on, going to the next one. So there's two different ways that can go. Later on, this boy graduates, feeling on top of the world, perfect. And you know, he's like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if I should pull those cards out of the back of the card catalog. Nah, we'll just keep them there. So this goes on and on, and this, this boy meets his, his love of his life, and they're gonna get married. Oh, perfect. And he has tears of happiness, but he doesn't understand that. How can he have tears of happiness? Because tears are shunned. Tears are what gets you in trouble. What, what the heck is going on with this stuff? I, it's a new tear, but I don't understand it. So I'm gonna put that back with the other tear. Then they have their first baby. He's holding his newborn at labor and delivery, and he's bawling. Well, boy, am I ever a sissy. I'm gonna put this card right back with the other ones. Because how could I be crying over a new baby? Perfect. So life gets going, life gets busy. These kids are now um, having practice. See, they're going to hockey practice, soccer practice, whatever practice, dance practice. And the husband becomes a paycheck, taking out the garbage, and that's it. He doesn't know what all this stuff is building up. And then one day, boom, boom. Because he has had no reference, no data. He's had nothing in his reference system to say, hey, there's happy tears and there's sad tears. My 13-year-old came home, this was a few years ago, when I found out I um, accepted my gifts at a, a psychic medium. And I was doing a reading for his friend and her sister and her mom, because it was every day on the death of their dad, um, they would always go and have an anniversary reading. And she asked me if I would do it this time, and I said, yep. So I go out there and spent about three hours doing this reading. Nailed the reading, taught the kids how to talk to their dad on the other side. I came home, and Chad said, how did it go? I said, oh, it was 
awesome. It was so good. Like the kids were crying, but you know, like there was tears and I nailed it. And you know, I told a, I told the mom to go get his wallet because I know she had it and open up the wallet and there's two baby pictures in there stuck and blah, 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 and all those details that you need to confirm a reading. And it was great. End of discussion. The next day he comes home from school and he looks at me and he goes, mom, you lied. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> no, I did not. He said, yep, you did. Sydney said she cried all night long. And I said, well, probably, yes. Well, you said it went well. I said, it did go well, Chad. And he's just stunned. And I looked down at him and I said, and I don't know where this came from, but I, actually I do. The universe is an amazing thing. And it will give you a lesson at the time you need that will turn into a blessing. And it was a foreshadow for something really big coming. I looked at him and I said, Chad, did somebody ever tell you that you can't cry, that boys don't cry? Yeah. And I got down to his level and I said, Chad, that was really unkind. And I'm thinking, how am I gonna come up with something quick to fix this? Not to fix it, but to explain to him. So I said, you know, Chad, being a mom, if you don't pee and poop, that all stays in your belly, right? And if you don't pee or poop for a long time, it gets really ucky inside and it hurts. And then your back starts to hurt. And then all of a sudden, boom, things blow up. And then you're in the hospital because now you have poison all over you. And he's like, what in the heck is she talking? <laughs> and I said, okay, so a tear, whether happy or sad, is the same thing. That tear is locked into an emotion, something you're feeling, something that has to come out. It's good to come out. It's meant to come out. That's why we make them all the time. It's an ongoing flow. And he's like, yeah, okay, I don't really get this. And I said, if you don't pee and poop, you have this poison. So it's like pushing everything down. You can't keep those tears locked in. I said, Chad, do you know that I walk into your room and your sister's room every night and I start to cry because I am so blessed? And he said, you do? I said, Chad, it's so overwhelming. He said, Mom, why do you cry when we leave Saskatchewan and we come back to Alberta? I said, I miss them. That's my family, son. I miss all of them. I miss that they don't get to see your everyday things. So he got it. And a few weeks later, my husband and I at the time decided it was best to separate. So we sat the kids down and we told them mom and dad we're gonna separate after 17 years. My son started crying just a little bit and my daughter was in that really not pretty cry at all. And she's daddy's girl, so it was, and it was a shock to her, right? Chad at 13 picked up my hand and said, Mom, we're all going to be okay. Now, 
if someone had had this talk earlier with, say, Sheldon Kennedy or Theron Fleury about all the abuse that they had and let them know that at that time it was safe and that we needed to talk, we didn't need to suppress, perhaps those things might have not happened to them, although we can't interject on their journey. That's their journey. That's their story. And now they create new stories and support for people. But think of those 385,000 babies being born today. What if we could somehow change that to not have to repair later on, but flourish? What if we didn't have to repair things anymore? And it doesn't have to be abuse to, to men or boys. It can be something like lack of affection. We didn't hug in my family. My dad chose to beat us. We didn't hug. What if we had had affection? You know, what if you had gratification for a passing grade when you were little and you didn't get it? Every time you tried to achieve and achieve and achieve, and there was nothing, there was no support. What, what happens to you when you're later on in life? Do you become an overachiever? Do you maybe get into addictions because you don't know what's going on and you've never had those things before. And then we're fixing a whole bigger scale of things that we could have just fixed when we were younger. No, it's no one's fault. Society raised us. Our parents did the best they can. But now, consciously together, collective today, in this moment, we can move forward and not use that phrase, boys don't cry anymore. Thank you. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.